You are listening to the Antler and Featherco Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Antler and Featherco Podcast, the podcast for new and adult onset hunters. My name is Vince, and I'm a newer hunter who has much more confidence than I have knowledge and skill, and I'm just trying to bridge that gap and learn everything I can, and as I do, I want to pass it right along to you guys. So today, we're going to be discussing things like buck shaming, how you shouldn't use your tags, and we're going to tell you exactly how you should be hunting, because we know best, and we want to force our unsolicited opinions on you. You can take that last statement in two ways. Let me tell you what I mean. If you've spent any time on social media or around a group of seasoned hunters, chances are you've seen or heard that guy. He's the one that says things like, should have passed on that one, he would have been a good one next year, or we don't have any good bucks on public land because they always shoot the young ones. Do you know this guy? You know, the one that makes people post things like, this is my first deer, but it's just a doe, or I know he's small, but... Or a lot of times guys won't even post pictures or talk about their first deer simply because they know the shaming that's going to ensue as soon as the, as soon as the internet gets a hold of them. This is exactly the type of thing that kind of teased me off. It's, it's one of the reasons I started this project and podcast and everything. Um, I can't stand when someone is super excited. They got their first deer and immediately every troll on the internet wants to tell them, well, I wouldn't have shot that. I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have do, done that. Um, it, it just, it's, it's the very thing that I don't, I don't tolerate. I don't stand for it. And neither does our guest this week. If there was a hat for this episode, I think it would be a bright red hat that says make hunting fun again. And I know that's stupid, but I think it's something that really resonates with a lot of people who are getting into hunting right now. There's a lot of adult onset hunters. There's a lot of new people. And, uh, I, I think sometimes it can be intimidating coming in when you want to ask the stupid questions, you want to learn, you want to show off your first year and then immediately somebody cuts you down and, and that's just, that's not acceptable. And so we're going to talk about it today. Um, I'm sure this is going to be a great conversation, so let's get right into it. Let's welcome to the show, Eric Clark from the okayest hunter. What's going on, Eric? Hey, good. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Good morning to you guys. This is another early one. Um, both of us have already talked. You're going to get a different version of us because we're trying to get this one in and I don't think either of us are quite awake yet. So this is, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be the best one yet. All right. And we'll say a quick prayer and then we will hop right into it. Lord Jesus, um, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Um, without you, um, I would not be free to do the things that, that, that we do. We would not have a relationship with you. We would not have a relationship with the Father. And I thank you that that you selflessly came down and you paid the debt that we could never pay. You lived the life we could never live. And uh, I just first and foremost want to glorify you through this show. I want to put you out front. Um, I want you to be um, known, seen, heard, and um, hopefully you're able to reach people and bring them into your kingdom through this show. Um, I ask that you'd be over this conversation um, with Eric, and I'm just thankful that he was willing to come on here and and talk to me and hang out for a little while. Uh, we ask that you would just just be with us during this conversation, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. So you, if I understand, I was I was looking at your page. Your season has already kicked off. Yeah, in Wisconsin, it kicked off uh, last weekend on the 17th. So uh, that was last Saturday, a week ago. Um, and I've been out, you know, all of once since then. So I'm not, you know, today's Saturday. My wife's like, oh, are you going to go hunting this weekend? I'm like, no, nah, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of spots in mind in early season. kind of a pain in the butt. So yeah. uh, I don't think I will be hunting this weekend at all, but I'm pretty squared away. I'm, I'm, I'm set to go hunting whenever I can go hunting. So what's your guys' weather been like? I know ours is... We, we, well, I guess by the time you guys hear this, our season will be, will have been opened. Um, but right now, October 1st is in, in about a week and yesterday and the day before, or two days ago, it was like 90 degrees. And then yesterday it all of a sudden dropped to like, I think at nighttime it was like 54. And so I'm like, I don't know what to expect October 1st. Like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited to get out there, but it's one of those things where I'm kind of like with it being weird with the weather and early, like I want to get out and I will be out opening day, but yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to do that first week or two because I, 
it just doesn't seem in my previous seasons, it doesn't seem like you really see much, but I mean, I guess that's a good time to get all the kinks out of your system and things like that. But so what happened on your opening day hunt? I saw you guys were dragging, dragging a kayak or a canoe through some like head high grass and finding water and you guys forgot a bunch of stuff. What, <laughs> what all happened with that? Yeah. Derek, uh, scouted a new piece. Derek's on the, the podcast co-host and, uh, I'm, I'm just along for the ride with him. Cause he, he actually knows what he's doing. Like he, he <laughs> killed big deer and, and, you know, uh, understands things at a level that, you know, I'm working towards, but he's very good at it. It's like, he's playing chess. And so he's like, yeah, we're gonna bring the canoe. So I go up to his house. I, we load the canoe in my truck. Uh, we go to this area. We he's like, well, we got to drag the canoe through this little spot of woods, then this open field. Uh, and then we'll eventually get to the river and then we'll, you know, won't be hard from there. We'll be able to paddle and then you can uh, walk to your spot. Um, okay. So we did all that. And I was like, man, this is kind of a bitch, you know, it was like, <laughs> heck. And then I didn't look at, I hadn't looked at a lot of maps or anything. Cause he didn't send me much information. He kind of kept me in the dark. I think maybe intentionally, uh, not like I'm going to steal a spot or something, but just, he's like, no, I got this. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> so I looked at the maps as I'm out there. I'm like, I could have walked to this spot from the road. <laughs> I didn't need to but I think it benefited, you know, both of us to, you know, I love adventure. I love, you know, those are the indelible memories to me is doing that kind of goofy stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I forgot my water. So I'm, it's hot. It's, it was hot. It was like 75, 80 degrees or something, you know, heading yeah. out there. And then after, you know, dragging this thing and paddling up the river and getting your spot and setting up in the tree, I was like, man, I'm thirsty and I didn't have any water. Uh, <laughs> I forgot my headlamp in the truck, which I'm like, I was so proud to remember all this stuff. And then I didn't put it in my bag. I had an extra one, luckily, but, um, yeah, he forgot his headlamp. He, gra or he grabbed one with a dead battery and he also forgot his water. Uh, I, I lost my bow hook somewhere in the woods. Uh, <laughs> like what, what the heck, you know, of course, but it was, you know, like you said, it's a good, it's a good hunt to kick the dust off. Um, and I did, I, I was surrounded by a couple of does. They never got in super close range. Like I wouldn't, I it never, no shot opportunity actually developed, but they were there. Um, they had no idea I was there, which was great. You know, yeah. so I did, I did a good job. Um, and I, I, it was a County that I didn't. So when Wisconsin, when you buy your tags, you buy a tag for a County, your buck tag is good anywhere in the state, uh, or like within the Southern, you know, the zone or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so countywide doesn't really matter, but then your doe tags are specific to that county. Well, I didn't have a doe tag for the county we're hunting, so I could have just went and bought one. Uh, no big deal because you can do you can do that stuff from your phone. But I was like, uh, I don't know. And then I started getting pretty tempted. I was like, you know what? If one of those does do you come over here, maybe I will shoot one. Maybe I should buy my tag. You know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, whatever. Then I signed up in the ER that night anyway. So I was like, okay, probably better that that didn't happen. That would have been a real yeah. pain. So uh, yeah, that was it, and it was it was fun. Like. I'm the kind of guy that uh, Derek's like, wow, you're really uh, Clark. You're, you're a beast. You can really drag this thing. And, and uh, it was like, you're a badass. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. You don't understand. Like the paths that I choose and take are because I'm an idiot, not because I'm yeah. some <laughs> hardcore person. <laughs> and then I just deal with it. It's fine. Yeah, I could, I can relate to that. I, especially last year, there's a, I have this vendetta with a certain piece of public because I've, I've hunted it for two years now. And I've had so many close calls that just haven't quite worked out. And like my first season, um, it was like a weekend. I, I shot a buck and I put a terrible shot on it and I lost him and I, it still haunts me to this day. But like that piece, I have to kayak in or, or canoe in every time. And like, you know, you put the pictures out and you can, and people are like, man, you, you go all the way in on water. Like, and they think you're this big, like wizard. And you're, it's exactly what you said. It's like, no, I I'm terrible. Like it looks cool to you, but if you were there, you would be looking at me like, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah. And you're clunking. Der Derek's like, okay, now we gotta be quiet. And I'm, and I'm, I'm pretty good. Like with some of the stuff to believe it or not, you know, I have my moments uh, for sure, obviously given the name, but clunk, you know, on the side yeah. of the metal the aluminum canoe. I'm like, dude, didn't you tell me to be quiet? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, then, and, then I, and then I do. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, so it's just, it, yeah, you, you think you're stealthy. You, you look one way, you think you're like a Navy seal out there and you're just, you know, Donald duck, you know, right. Right. Making all sorts of mistakes and going, you know, freaking out. Yeah. I wish I had a, I wish I had a camera on me for some of the times, especially in the morning when I do canoe in somewhere, because yeah, you, you're real quiet. You, you know, you're, paddling and making sure your paddling's fine and then it's like you get to your spot and what's the first thing you got to do you got to run that thing into the into the ground or into the shore so you can get off so it's just 
boom and then all your gear shifts and you're like well we're here hope you guys hope you guys are awake and ready to go <laughs> but um so do you do you tend to hunt locally or do you have any plans to go out of state or what's your kind of hunting situation uh gosh yeah i don't have plans to go out of state it, you know i think it's expensive uh just mm -hmm. different tags you don't understand things and and i'm you know last year uh on a whim i went out with the spartan forge guys out in uh, pennsylvania we stayed at uh uh, Johnny Stewart's awesome cabin in That's the sweet. middle of uh, the, I think it's called the Alagomi forest. Uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. And yeah, I just did a day hunt there. And it was one of those where I'm so far out of my element. I'm with all these guys that are like proclaimed and, and proven, uh, you know, big buck killers. Oh yeah. And so Johnny's like, you're gonna hunt here. I'm like, great. Sounds good. And yeah. it was, it was a vast forest. It reminds me a lot of the Nicolay national forest we have here in Wisconsin. So I'm no stranger to that stuff, but it's been a while since I've hunted that way. And, uh, and back then I, I had no clue what I was like, literally I was, I just, you know, sat in a tree and, and waited for deer to maybe show up. I had no context of anything. So at least nowadays I'm like, Oh, I can understand and interpret things different, but no, that was the only out of state hunt I had done. Uh, I hunt like very local to, you know, where I live, I, I branch out like the most I'll probably go is like an hour um yeah. and, and you know it's just because it's convenient i have to play to convenience as much as possible i got three kids so it's chaotic around here yeah yeah well and one and one thing you mentioned that's helped me a lot last year and then i'm really excited for this year is spartan forge i i'm uh i had bill on here i think he was like episode number four and he was going through the, the whole app and like i thought i had a pretty good grasp of how to use the app and how, you know it was it was it was good and helpful and then he went into it and I'm like, dude, you're, I feel like that thing is so advanced. Like even you explaining to me how to use it, I still don't know how to use it. Like there's so much stuff. And especially for like a newer guy like me, like once I can understand how to really put all these things into play, I think it really, it's really going to help a lot. Um, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to use it this year because I feel like, you know, we spend all summer long YouTube university. And like, I feel like I'm, I'm master hunter now. So like, we'll see what happens when we get out there. But so how long have you actually been hunting? Is this, have you been doing it since you were a kid or are you, you, you know, what's your background on that? Uh, yeah, my dad got me into hunting, uh, when I was like 16 or something like that. Uh, I wanted to hunt earlier at like 12 and you know, my dad, uh, actually wasn't around for a little bit. And, uh, you know, my mom was like, no, you know, you're not going to shoot these weapons i was like what the f so then i just you know watch whatever shows i could gain, gain access to as a 12 year old i went in the woods and i pretended to hunt like i climbed trees and i tracked deer and i did all the things i just didn't have any weapon in my hand and uh you know something about fall just it drew me to the to the woods like i felt that that's where i just needed to be inherently it wasn't even like it was very strange that that's what i was drawn to um and so you know 16 go gun out my dad uh up north in the north woods and then i probably didn't start i didn't get a bow until i think it was like 22 maybe uh and back then all i cared about was drinking and chasing girls so like <laughs> right thanks for the bow dad cool it's like <laughs> yeah. a hand me down so i was like this doesn't even look cool this is like an old bow i want one of the new ones you know it's, it's just, <laughs> and uh and so and i think somewhere uh in there I, I started to really fall in love with bow hunting i like the long season i like the intimacy i like the the weather the train i, I always thought it was like you go gun hunting here in Wisconsin. It's very traditional, and you, you're like a blaze orange blob. You it reminds mm -hmm. me of the kid from a Christmas story. He falls over, he can't get up, yeah. and everything's just different. You know, it's colder. Um, you know, it's a different. It's a different time of season. And bow hunting was like, I feel like a ninja. I was like, this is great. I'm like nimble. I don't have a hundred layers on. The weather is favorable by and large. Uh, I'm gonna get really close to one of these animals if I can figure it out. Now I'm like playing chess, and I'm like doing the strategy and taking in things much differently uh for a much more intimate setting and uh yeah so then it it hooked me um and so i've, I've been i'm on 36 now and my first bow kill ever uh when i started really kind of dial things in uh was when i the year i had my daughter so it was 2017 it's 2022 now so that was like five years ago i got my first doe fawn from the ground and that's what launched the okay it's hunter to, in my mind at least uh, i think i bought the domain name like the next freaking day or two um I posted the picture of the doe fawn and was like, that thing's my dog's bigger than that. What's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> I'm like, good for you. You have a nice sized dog, but I'm going to yeah. eat thing. And it was an easy drag. It was my first one with the bow. It's from the ground at 15 yards. It was like super exciting. So yeah. And then I got my first uh, buck with the, with the bow uh, two years ago in 2020. Um, 
I actually just wrote an article about it. It won't publish for a while, but uh, I just wrote the story down the other day and it was a, a virgin sit on a brand new public lease I'd never touched foot on, never set foot on. And uh, it was like the culmination of me applying. I've been podcasting since 2013. So I was like learning all this stuff over the years. And I, I like, I read the wind, I read the terrain, I made assumptions about betting. I, you know, uh, put in a tree that didn't silhouette me. I only went one stick high because that's all I could do, but it was the only tree I could set up close enough to the bedding area without busting myself and blah, 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 all the stuff. The deer came out, read the script, uh, and I freaking got him and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I was like, Holy yeah. shit, I did it, man. This is crazy. Uh, my shot sucked. Uh, cause I didn't do, I didn't do meh. I didn't say meh. I didn't stop yeah. him. So the arrows <laughs> further back, but I hit the femoral artery and got super lucky. And then he died in like a couple of minutes, like right five, 10 yards from my deer stand. I jumped down oh, the guy and I was like, freaking did it, man. So yeah, that, and since then I've, um, I've been getting really close to larger deer. Like it, like, it should be happening for me. Right. But this, I, I feel like it's the, the red zone. You, know, you can yeah. work your way down the field, not no problem, but you know, you can cover ground. You, you're, you can set up your plays a lot differently when you have some room to run and, and room for failure. And when you're in the red zone, that field shrinks and suddenly everything it's like, it's like a, you know, you can, you can whack a golf ball. I'm not a golfer. You can whack a golf ball down the fairway. You can, yep. everyone loves to go to the driving range and just whack balls, but then you get to the freaking putting green. It's a totally different game, you know? Yeah, everyone's yeah. it's a the level's a playing field, oddly enough, because you think it'd be easy, but it's not. Um, so I'm in that area now. I'm in this refinement area of like honing in my skill set, the gear, understanding exactly how, where I need to be and how and how to access it, and like all this stuff. And I'm just, I, I've, I'm getting better at hunting, but I need to get good at killing, and I'm not yeah. good at deer yet. So um, that's that's kind of where I'm at in my like hunter's journey. And I, and I think there's like four stages to uh, you know, like a hunting journey or what you want to call it. It's like you start hunting and, and you, you, everyone just wants to limit out, right? You just want to kill everything and get your, get your practice. Um, and then you get to like, maybe the trophy stage is next where you're after something bigger. Uh, then it's all about the method. You see guys switching to, to crossbows and longbows, not crossbows. I mean, like, uh, longbows, recurs and trad bows, because it's like, you know what? I'm so good at this. I understand the game. Now let's level up a little bit. It's like, you get really good at call of duty. You're like, well, let me just get to do a pistol. <laughs> because right. i'm so good now right and then and then it's like after that you get to the sportsman stage i think my uncle is there where he'll bring a camera into the woods because he's like he just wants to observe nature yeah and not everything needs to die anymore unless it really you know uh, calls for it so i'm i'm probably somewhere between i still want to limit out and, <laughs> and and trophy and i'm certainly not the method stage like i i'm i'm happy with my compound and my 30 out six come gun season now so that's kind of yeah yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it. The different stages. I'm I'm like, I feel like my ADD is like, I'm I'm trying to be in all stages at one time right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I still I want I want to kill a big deer, but I also know that for the last two years at January 10th, I'm sitting in that last that last day that last tree, and I'm like, man, I should not have passed on all those deer this year because being in Iowa. My first hunt out in Iowa, I had uh, a handful of, and they were all spikes, but my first sit in the morning, the woods is waking up. It's, it's getting, you know, just light enough. I got like three spikes out there and they're just fighting around with each other, having fun. They're in bow range. And I passed on them because I'm like, oh, I'm in Iowa. And all I've ever heard about Iowa is, you know, we have just giant freak monsters. I'm like, I'm not shooting that. Well, now I really wish I would have, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah. And then like, you know, you talk about like getting into the, the trad boat or the, you know, recurve boat. Like, I think that's a cool thing to shoot like an old school bow, but it's like, bro, you need to pump the brakes. Like, let's get some experience. Like you're saying, like dial in your woodsmanship before you start trying to shoot something with a freaking traditional bow. And I, it's just, I think that's probably why my success rate's not so high. Cause I always want to try all this new, different, crazy stuff. And I never dial in one thing, but so getting into just the whole OKS Hunter thing, how, do, how did that come about? Was there any instance that you experienced yourself where you kind of felt like you had somebody or whatever, just kind of, I, I hate to keep saying the word shaming, but kind of shaming you for what you killed, or is it just something you've you've seen on the landscape and you just kind of want to address it? Or yeah, I'd seen it on the landscape, and I, you know, I um, I've had ideas for this for for a very long time. I think back when I was running the podcast under the the old name Where to Hunt, I had Dan Infault on in, in an episode, and 
he'd come over to my house and I used to, when, when that would happen, I'd, I'd, we had a bar in the basement. So I would just record him at the bar in the basement. And, uh, and <laughs> I told him about it. I'm like, I want to do something about this. And, and at that point I was thinking like, uh, humble hunter, like humble pie, like there's something here. And then I found like, there's this girl that goes by humble huntress. Um, and I was like, well, that's not, that, that name's not going to work. <laughs> And then I got my dough uh, when my daughter was born and, and, and I like, I don't want to say fell victim to it, but I was like, what the, what the hell guys, you know? <laughs> uh, and I, and I felt embarrassed to almost post it because I knew what it was, but I was proud. It was the first time I got a deer with my bow and my dad happened to be with me. Uh, he was hunting the same property. So he, he came over to me when I got it and he's like, you know, congrats, this is a big deal. And I felt like a 12 year old, I was 30 freaking one years old or whatever it was. And, uh, I was like, I feel like a kid. Yeah. And, and and we often say like, you know, shoot what makes you feel like a kid on Christmas. And at that moment, that's what a freaking was. So then, then I, you know, walk up and the thing, I'm like, oh shit, that is not uh that's a, <laughs> you know, like I didn't, I didn't, it didn't even strike me in the moment really. And, and I was downhill of this thing uh, on the ground, sitting up against a tree. So it was, it felt like a badass hunt. Cause it was just yeah. like, she'd better look a little bigger. Um, but to that point, and then I, then I felt like I succumbed to it. I felt the pressure of, I don't want to post this. I did post it. Then I got shit for it anyway. So then it like was the self-fulfilling prophecy of like, oh, I don't want to post this. If I do, someone's going to shame me. I posted it. Someone shamed me. I'm like, well, okay, well, here we are. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I saw it happen to like kids frequently enough on different forums and groups. Like, you know, there's certain groups at different states maybe have, where it's like a rut report or something like that. And, and most, most of this stuff, by the way, is not so prevalent. It's there. There's an undercurrent, but most of it's positive. And what I say is like the negative is what's loudest. You could have a hundred positive comments and one bad one, and you're gonna remember the bad one because yeah. it's gonna be the thorn, the tiny little prick. You need to get a sliver in your finger, and it's no percentage of your body or injury. You're not your finger's not lopped off, but it freaking hurts. Yeah. And you can't stop thinking about it. And you're like, man, my whole hand's injured now because I got this freaking, you know, little sliver in my in my finger. Like that's how it that's how it feels. So I thought, well. You know, I'm a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk. I got to meet him in 2019 in New York, and that was pretty cool. And uh, having, having met him and, and like taking that trip and spending the day out there uh, with those folks, I was like, he preaches make positivity louder. That's his thing. And he does that. And it's not applied to any niche. It's just in general. Like, And he says, kindness is not a weakness. It is a strength. It's a superpower. And um, he wants to build a honey empire. And don't tear other people down. Just build the tallest building if you're going to do something. These are all things that I believe in. Cause I followed that guy for so damn long and read all his books. And uh, I'm like, you know, we, we could use some of that stuff here in our corner of the world. Like yeah. if, if, if I can't, like, we're never going to end buck shaming completely, but if that's our mission, that's what we strive to do. Then we can make a dent in it and make an impact. And uh, that's what we strive to do. So if you see shaming happening, we encourage people to use the tag, no buck shame, hashtag no buck shame. And then we'll go in there and we'll just bury that comment with kindness. And yeah. we'll make positivity louder. And that's it. Like, we're not going to, I'm never going to fight fire with fire with some of these folks. They got their own, they're, they're already damaged in some way if that's what they're doing. Like, if they're going to be the jackass that's going to make a negative comment on a kid's post or, or whoever, they have their own problems. So, like, going down to their level is not going to do any good. You know, right. I've, I've read a lot of books on uh, human nature and, and stoic philosophy. And, you know, if you come at someone like that, you're, you're just going to put their defenses up even more. You, you got to soften those defenses. And um, there's ways that you can do that in techniques that I'm actually actively learning how to do because this is something we, this is the battleground that we're on. So um, for me, it's like, how do I become an exemplar of this stuff? Yeah. So I can be an example for other people to to follow suit with. And if we can all start doing that to some degree, I think we'll leave a much more positive impact on the space that we're playing in. Yeah. And that's a, you know, I see it a lot of times with, like you said, it seems like it's pretty much mostly Facebook groups. I feel like between like the different social media um, options. Facebook is ruthless. And it, yeah, it's one thing for, you know, it's one thing for a guy to say something to another adult man, but yeah, I I've seen that too, where it's, they don't just shame the kid and the kid, like you can tell the kid is so damn excited and the dad's proud and it's just a great moment. And then they're almost like, I can't believe you'd let your kid shoot that. And it's like, yeah, or there's like the 50 year old that's got a deer next to him and you'd assume he's been hunting his whole life, but that was his right. first killing something it was his first year because he's an adult onset hunter and his, his kids are finally out of the house he's an empty nester now he can finally try this thing out that he's been trying to do and he's got the time and wherewithal to do it now and then you, you shoot on him it's like there's so many what we talk about is like there's so many different 
uh, places that people can be like geographically. The states are different. There's different regulations. There's different things that are allowed or not allowed. Some people might be hunting a doe control area or something or an urban hunt. You don't even know the context of what's happening. You have right. no clue what is going on there, not to mention where that person lives in that hunter's journey that we just talked about and how long they've been hunting. And, and I've said like, oh, it could be their, their first hunt with their kid. It could be their last hunt with their grandpa. It could be who knows what is going on there it could be their first out of state hunt so now their um expectations and uh, outcomes have have changed like if i'm gonna do an out-of-state hunt you know i'm only gonna i'm gonna shoot anything because this is a big deal for me yeah. or whatever mark kenyon you know had us on his show and, and we talked about we came up with these 10 10 commandments of an OKS hunter and uh it's interesting because he reached out and he's like you know I, i've seen this i've gone through it myself now where he's like i've just made this stuff no fun and yeah. uh and then he just put an article out i think yesterday the day before and I, I read it and i was like this is yeah sometimes you can if you're too outcome based and it sounds like mark had been and has been and continues to be he's a goal-oriented guy clearly the guy's built something pretty meaningful in, in the category and if you're focused it's like the destination of the journey like sometimes you just got to enjoy the journey and, and you still should maybe get to your destination you shouldn't just like fall off a cliff and never get there but you can enjoy the journey while working towards your destination. Sometimes that destination can change based on the journey. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, at least it was, you know, uh, posting this photo, getting getting kind of some some flack. And it was a little um, backhanded, like it wasn't yeah. so overt, but I could read between the lines. I'm like, yeah, I know you're not actually proud of me. You know, you shit. <laughs> right. and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know. Yeah, so the, the idea was like, let's let's see what we can do here. And we use humor heavily to draw people in and make fun of ourselves and, and failure is our teacher and like celebrate failure. Those are the things you're gonna remember the most. Um, everyone, even if you're the best hunter in the world, you've had your okayest hunter moments. We've recorded some of those sessions with some of the guys that are good at hunting and they got funny stories to share. They get lost in the woods. They get turned around, like stuff happens to all of us. And it may, may piss you off in the moment, but it's always funny to think about later on. Those are usually the things that become stories because yeah. we're, we're so good at giving each other shit. <laughs> so <Yeah>. like, <laughs> here my dad forgot his gun in the woods. And then the next year I did the same effing thing. And I was like, oh my God. So now it's like, oh, the Clarks can't remember their freaking guns. You know, what's right. wrong with you? And it's just silly. It's silly stuff. Yeah, that's one thing I really appreciate about um, your project is just one thing I enjoy doing, just my personality and, and you do so well is like lightly making fun of situations that people take so seriously. And, you know, whether it's, whether it's around the buck shaming or just like the use your tag, how you want, or just general hunting related things, you, you guys do such a great job of just taking the things that I think we just get so, um, just so wound around this thing hunting. And it's such a serious thing. And you, you just point out a couple different real obvious things that are just hilarious when you step back and look at them. And, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good outlet to have that. And especially when you're a new guy getting into it, everything seems so serious and people, you know, there, there's a ton, a ton of work that goes into hunting. And especially when you do put a deer down, there's so much work that goes into it. And even if a lot of it was just luck and it fell your way, like there, it's so hard to kill a deer, especially if you do it with a bow and, and just the, the thought of like somebody sitting out there and just waiting to just tell you, I wouldn't have shot that. And like we talked about earlier, a lot of times those guys are not even, they're not in your state. They don't hunt the way you hunt. They're, you know, they might be doing their, you know, their style of hunting might be farm hunting where they're planting food plots. And like, kind of like we talked about earlier, this isn't a, this isn't a dig on big buck hunters either. If that's where you're at in your life, that's great. I get super excited when I see huge, huge deer getting taken down. But like, we 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 want, I want a big deer, like I do. And honestly, like I do have some goals around how I want to decorate my house. <laughs> like yeah. I want symmetry. Okay, I want to balance this buck out that I got, and I want two in my fire, in my fireplace, and I want some in my studio. Like that's that's yeah. So yeah, I want that. You know, but I also have to live in the reality of my life. Like, am, am I really gonna get huge bucks? When I have three children and a wife, like job number one is dad and husband. Right. And then, and then career, I have a freaking job and a career that I have to, to maintain and manage to like keep this household going. Yeah. Uh, and there's this other stuff. And then there's hunting, like hunting. It's like, 
running through the veins of my life, but it's also not the most important thing that I do. And I love it. It's a passion thing and, and it gives me some purpose. But, you know, what I mean by I have to align with reality, it takes a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of work to kill a big deer. Like it's no feat to just go and do that. Like I think the working class guys say you can't just trip into a 150. Yeah, you, you, you could once in 20 years, you'll probably get your opportunity uh, yeah. because you'll get lucky. But if you're trying to go do that, it is difficult. It demands time and commitment and energy and resources and like fortitude and, and practice and all of these things that look, I don't have all that right now. So I have to like be realistic about my expectations. I can't expect that that's what I'm going to get when I can only hunt like four times a season. Yeah. Uh, so when I see a nice eight come by, I'm like, that's the one, you know, I'm going to take it. Uh, it's totally cool. Or, or a fork because I, my freezer is low and we do like venison. My daughter loves venison. It's like so exciting. Um, so aligning expectations with reality and, and we're never begging on anybody shooting a big deer. I don't care. That's what I want too, by the way. And, and if that's what makes you happy, like we say, and you say, and a lot of folks say it's your tag, it's your hunt, hunt who you want. Like if I didn't buy that tag, I have no business telling you what you should do with it. When someone comes to my house and says, I want to put that couch there. I don't give a shit what you would do. I'm not <laughs> right. you. You're not me. You're literally a different freaking person. Good for you. When you buy your own freaking house and your couch, you can put it where the hell you want. Yeah. And have fun with it. I'm not going to come in there and tell you where to put it. So I don't yeah. know why people think they need to tell others what to do. And I had um, pulled some lessons from, from Stoic philosophy here, but I, I tried to boil it down to, because I'm trying to really think about it. Like, what, why? Why are people doing this? What, what is the driver? Like, what's really going on here? Which is why I'm studying human nature, because these rules apply to all sorts of things. And so I think I got it down to like entitlement, paranoia, uh, and, and control. And, and what I mean by those things, like, once you experience a certain level of success in killing a deer, there's a certain level of entitlement that, that comes with that. Like um, you feel like you, you are now entitled because you've, you've done this before. And, and we, as humans, we don't want to go backwards. Right. And I'm, I'm also that way. Like I have a truck and I, I don't want to not have a truck now, <laughs> you know, yeah, like I know exactly. What you mean I have a house. That. I don't want to not have a house now. Like we don't, we have a hard time going backwards. I shot an eight pointer. I don't want to get an eight pointer. Now I want to get a 10 and so forth. Right. So we have this like this this idea in our heads that we need to only move forward with things. Backwards is bad, but situations change, and it doesn't. It's not always so black and white. And then once you you get to that next point, paranoia can kind of set in. Um, if you if you're looking at this through a lens of of human nature, and and now that you're tagging these mature whitetails, you're paranoid that someone else filling their freezer with tomorrow's buck today is ruining or limiting your opportunity to do so. Yeah. So now you get this like. You know, uh, uh, no, I'm paranoid that like you can't shoot that buck because like it's not going to grow. And and then that's not quality deer management. Um, I talked to Doug Dern about healthy deer management, which is a different ideology that exists in the National Deer Alliance. It's, it's something that they talk about quite a bit. It's not just QDMA. It's it's healthy deer management. You have to take in consideration of like CWD and things of that nature and like what's going on geographically. Um, and so then the next step beyond that is like, well, now. Uh, you want to have control. So now you're going to be the one that say, you don't shoot that deer. I'm going to control the situation. And you can kind of see what's happening here. And I don't know that that's exactly true. Like I'm no, I'm not actually uh, a philosopher, right? Or <laughs> what have you, but I'm just trying to think about it and give this some, like people ask Eric, why do you think people do this? I don't freaking know. Cause they're people. Like we all have yeah. our insecurities, our egos, but there's all things that come into play. And, and with hunting, there's tradition. And it's like, well, that's not the way that I did it. And that's not the way that, you know, my granddad taught my dad and he taught me. So some of these things are like institutionalized through, you know, family traditions over the course of generations. Yeah. And you challenge someone on that and, it, and they get viscerally defensive because that's not the way of life that they were taught. Right. So, you know, we just have to kind of open up our, our minds a little bit here and be a little more expansive in our thought process. Yeah. And especially uh, you, you look at, that's a great point because you look at uh, someone like, you know, I follow like Drury, Drury Outdoors and, you know, they, they've put out some pictures of like youth season kills and like, I mean, any, anywhere you look, some of these kids, their first deer is bigger than any deer I will realistically ever kill. And yeah, that's, I mean, if that's what you've been brought up in, if you've been you know, not knocking out, knocking it, but if you're fortunate enough that you grow up in a family like that, it's big hunters, you've got your own land, maybe you, you've got the resources to do the food plot, you know, sit in a, a 
big enclosed blind, like that whole setup um, where you've had deer managed for years and years and years. If you're growing up in that, I can see, you know, where your mentality would be like, why would you, why are you shooting a spike? But, but you also got to realize that's very different than being myself, 32 years old, starting to hunt at 32 on public land. That's really, you know, I'm in Iowa, but our public land's not what you consider Iowa. Like you get Southern Iowa and stuff like that. That's where, you know, everyone goes to hunt, but up where I'm at, it's like opportunity doesn't come around a lot and I'm brand new. And not to mention once you do, like we all worry about what you're shooting, what you're shooting, what you're shooting. But if you're waiting for that huge 180, like you're never going to learn what to do after the shot. There's so much to be learned. Oh yeah. Dude, we got, we got like a, a shirt that says shoot deer. And, and Greg Tubbs on our team kind of came up with that. And, uh, you know, he's like, and I think that's that, that other stage that we talked about the beginning stage of just like, you know, piling them on. And there was two examples last season. I heard of, of kids, teenagers, like not shooting any deer because they weren't the caliber that they were, they weren't the 180 and they had opportunities at like a good eight or a nice six or some does. They just weren't shooting them, passing, passing, passing. They're telling their dad, not dad, I don't want that one. It's not big enough. Yeah. Happening then is you're not, you're not gaining any experience. You know, you don't just walk into the gym and can bench 300 fucking pounds. Right. You know, you, you got to put the reps in and do the work and eventually you work your way up to it. And then when you get to that, you'll take it for what it's worth, which is a serious matter. You have some respect for the game. And I don't mean the game is in the queer. I mean like the whole freaking thing and you'll be prepared for it. And you know how to handle it. You know how to breathe. You know how to do things right. Like if you just, wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and you've only ever hunted and, and you've never shot anything you have no experience and not to mention you have no memories that are like standing out to you you're missing the right. point you're missing out on all the good stuff you know the time you poked a gut and it blew up in your face and now you're like your buddy's puking and that's hilarious <laughs> like that's a story you wouldn't have had if you didn't shoot that deer you wouldn't have learned how to like avoid that situation if you hadn't done it six times yeah like shoot deer have fun like Get your experience, get your reps in, and then work your way up to that big deer. And you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. You're going to have a full freezer, you know, and yeah. a lot of memory. You know, I, I guess it comes back to goals too. Like myself, this is, this year is going to be my third year. And, you know, going back to the stages and goals and stuff, like when you said like fill the freezer, like that's my number one goal, because like we we're talking earlier, your family loves venison. My family loves venison. There's, you know, there is a, a feeling about cooking something that you shot, you drug it out of the woods. There's a story behind that meal. And yeah, if you keep, if you just keep passing and you have this ego about it, like, like you're saying, there's so many memories that you you're, you're stealing from yourself. You know, some of the best stories and most fun times I've ever had with, you know, I have one buddy that hunts that he kind of started around the same time as me. Some of the best stuff has been, you know, he shot a doe and, and the whole story about dragging it out and all that stuff. And then both of us kind of learning at the same time, like how to field dress this thing. And like you said, there's, he made a bad shot. So it's disgusting. And like, I'll never forget that. That was such a fun time. And like, I'm, and, and you, you know, you're so thankful for that animal and uh, you know, and it goes beyond all that too. I mean, I preach big on having confidence in the gear that you've got and you know, to the shaming thing too, like there's a lot of people who they, I know myself, I didn't have confidence in my bow because I knew my bow wasn't a Matthews. It wasn't a Hoyt. And it's something that, you know, you, you want to post things about what you're doing and, but then you don't want to post because your gear's not a Matthews. You're not wearing Sika. There's all this other stuff that goes into it. And I think it really comes down to like, anything that we're using these days is light years ahead of what guys used 20 years ago. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so big on have confidence in your gear. And the only way you're going to gain confidence in what you're using is to go out and use it. And, yep. uh, and you're not going to appreciate the new boat. Cause you don't like, it's like, you know, driving some old shitty car, you, you know, you're not going to appreciate the new car if you didn't ever have a shitty one. You, yeah. you really love that one feature that you never could do before. Or like, People build their first home and it's their first home. You don't even know how to live in a house yet. You don't even know what <laughs> your needs are. You know, you buy some shitty house and you'll realize like, oh yeah, 
I really don't like a mudroom off of the garage, you know? How, yeah. how would you know that? You never did it before. Like, how would you know any of that stuff or appreciate it? And, and to that point, like, you know, the gear thing, um, I, put, I wrote another article that's not out there yet. I've got a lot of articles in the can. Uh, one, it's like, you know, the five things hunters buy that literally will never use. And, yeah. and that's like all this stuff that we get like sold because marketing is so great these days. And that we're convinced that this is the, the silver bullet. Yeah. You know, we've got to have this to make our arsenal like well-rounded or whatever. And then most of it, you just never freaking use. Um, but I have a cousin that he's a, he's not on social. Um, he just, he's a, he's a carpenter by trade. He's a hardworking guy. And, uh, you know, I go hunting with him maybe once or twice a year and he teaches me more than I'll learn from any freaking podcast or YouTuber because this guy kills literal giant deer, uh, from the ground within eight yards with his long bow. And it's, it's insane. Um, how he like reads sign and like will interpret things and how he speed scouts and so forth. And, uh, I pull up behind him and I'm in my, my, my Ford F-150. I got all my shit in the back and he's in his like beater Honda and he's older than me and he's got a family. He's, he's doing great. It's not to, like to say that one thing is better than the other. It just goes to show you don't give a fuck. And, and he's got his blue jeans on. He changes out of his, his shirt, puts some camo scrubby looking shirt on, grabs his longbow. And that's, that is literally it. And a grunt yeah. tube. And, and he's got a knife in his pocket. Those are the three things, his bow, uh, his knife and his grunt tube. Yeah. No backpack, rubber boots on him and, and, uh, jeans and a shirt. And that was it. And this guy kills freaking deer every year and his beater Honda. And if he gets one, he straps it to the roof, like no shits given. And, yeah. and he's not doing it. He's not posting it anywhere to be like, look at my giant deer. This guy follows the rules to the letter. He hunts with the likes of the white tail adrenaline guys. And he'll, he'll hunt uh, alongside those guys. He'll be with them at a campsite and no one ever knows who he is, you yeah. know, cause he's taken it to that approach. And, you know, it, to me, it just really does seem to go back to ego. Like, um, you know, the, the, the form of ego that I, that I think we're talking about, it's like, you know, when we relate to deer hunting, it's the one that demands that we ought to get our way. The, the desire to be better than others, to, to be more than or recognize for or pass any like practical reasons. Um, that that's the ego that I think is threatening the hunting community. Like we're doing this for reasons other than intrinsic value. Yeah. And my cousin, I think is just a great example because, uh, you know, you'll never know. You'll never know uh, him. He's not doing it for those reasons. He's literally doing it because he loves the game. He loves playing chess. He loves to like win against himself and these big deer. And yeah. that's it. And and for me, yeah, there's, I, I, I have ego, even though I preach don't, I, I know that I do. Like I am excited for the day I get to post a big deer. Like I want some of that recognition selfishly. And I'm, I'm totally aware of it. Yeah. And that's, that is normal. That is okay. Like ego is something that you have to work at to control on a regular way. You can't sweep the house, sweep the floor in your house once and be like, ah, we're good. We swept the floor. Right. You got to do it again tomorrow and the next day. Maybe you got to do it two times the next day because your kids spilled Cheerios everywhere and the dogs left crumbs. They're eating all their food. Like you have to work at it all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, as long as you're doing things for other people, you're, you're going to find yourself in a situation that you might not be happy. And that's, that's, that's probably life more than hunting. But yeah. especially hunting, if you're hunting because you want that footage or you want that post or you want to prove to that guy uh, down the road or uh, you want to have the better, you know, meat pole up north or whatever you got going on, those reasons are short sighted and will burn you out. Yeah. Your cousin is winning like the ultimate version of winning, I feel like. And it sounds like he's got he's got like everything lined up correctly and it's like, I almost wait, like you get jealous of that though, because it's like that dude just is doing it for the love of hunting. He loves it, yep. you know? And, um, it kind of made me think of, you know, Dan Infault, you brought Dan up earlier and I had him on a few episodes ago and like, granted he's on YouTube and he's doing all this stuff, but he was doing all this stuff before, before YouTube and just another guy. He just, he grew up hunting. He's just an, a stone cold killer. But yeah, he's out there in a flannel and jeans and, you know, he, he just, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, it, to me, that's inspiring from like a newer guy. Cause the marketing of everything in hunting, you know, it's, you've got to have the best of everything or you're not killing anything. And so as a newer guy, you know, and a new guy with a family and a hunting budget and things like that, you know, I'm not buying a $2,000 sick of suit. So then it starts making you question, and you know 
am I, is because my camo was Cabela's brand and only $50 for a pair of pants. Am I now sticking out like a sore thumb to these deer? And then you see guys like Dan or your cousin who they just know the game and they've got their priorities in line and they can go out in jeans and whatever. They don't need well, all the know, crazy stuff. Dan and, has this time. You know, he's got he's got time on his side too. He's got all the time in the world to put into the into the deer woods. And and he he I think he said on our show uh years ago. So I'm not like putting him on blast by any means. This is his, you know, his words. Uh not uh, you know, I'm not verbatim, but like he had expressed some regret, like around being so committed that he lost time with his family. Yeah. And, and I'm like, holy shit, that sunk in. And I, I listened to that. And the thing I got most from Dan Infold ever against any hunting tactics was that was yeah. don't don't do what I did in that sense. Uh, and I'm like, if this freaking great, great white white tail hunter is telling me uh, don't squander your family because, you know, he lost out on football games and moments and that I'm like, well, all right, enough said. That's the that's the best advice I ever got from Dan Infold. Um, Tactic wise, the guy's you know great. He, he's you know got so much stuff out there, and people kind of make it their own and, and so forth. And and you know, look at oxbows, you, you use water separate, or, and you buck bedding, all that stuff. Um, the guy's you know he's the goat when it comes to some of that stuff. And and he's right down the road from us. I mean, in fact, he like lived in the same town my cousin did. They like lived oh, yeah. in the same area. It's interesting. But um, having time is one thing that people take for granted. That's why I talked about my expectations versus reality. I don't have the time to put into it uh, yeah. to make that stuff happen. And and. Maybe I could, but I'm not willing to sacrifice some of those other things for for deer hunting right now. And right. I think at some point I'll have the time. And so talk to me in 20 years, dude. Uh, when I'm still doing this shit as a as a what am I? I'll be like 60 or yeah. something, <laughs> and watch me just put giants on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and and you don't need all that stuff. You just don't. And some of that stuff is it's a lot. It's nice to have. It is nice to have. I mean, Sitka makes a great system. Uh, it'll keep you comfortable and warm. You can sit longer probably with, in, in, with ease. If you're wearing cotton out that you got from Walmart, you know, that's fine, but you're going to get cold and, yeah. and you're not going to hunt as long. There's certain things that you can, you can do. You don't have to get the Sitka or first light brand. You can go to uh, some other like outdoor stores that are aimed at like mountain climbers and get their right. gear and maybe you can get it for cheaper. Um, you know, Marina wool is probably the best investment I've ever made in any hunting stuff that I've had. Uh, since I've been doing this and I just started doing that like two years ago and I can't believe I never had it before. And, and yeah. that stuff's not cheap, but it is far better to have that than anything else. Cause now all my other stuff can suck and it doesn't matter. I can get yeah. cheap, stupid cam because I have a great underlayer and I can right. stay comfortable and warm and dry and, and all that jazz. So, you know, but that's not something I ever knew. I was like, well, Marina wool, like, what are you some sort of expert? What is that? <laughs> and then I like <laughs> hit it. And I was like, wow, this really is. And then my dad, my dad's He's in his 60s and he just got Marina wool last year. I bought him some. He's like, yeah, wow. I didn't realize this could make that big of a difference, Eric. I thank you. I didn't uh it didn't even like occur. Yeah. That's stuff like that that's really cool. So what is your just because we're we're talking about, you know, buck shaming and, and using your tech, what is your biggest deer to date? Have you the have one you... I got on public? Uh yeah. with my yeah, my bow buck is my biggest buck. Uh, I've gotten uh, bucks with my with my gun, but I think the biggest buck I got with my gun was a six pointer, uh, or a seven pointer actually. And I I had an opportunity of probably a nice ten, and uh, I didn't have a tag. I started, I shot a spike the day before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell my dad, I was like, if I see one, you know, can I tag? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I and I tell him I got this one coming. And he's like, well, I'm gonna shoot it. Let it if it's coming my way. I'm like, because he's gonna let me use his tag or whatever. And I and it didn't. It, I didn't. I played by the rules and I didn't shoot it. And then and then he shot at it and missed. And then none <laughs> of us got it. I was like, yeah, damn it. You know, so no, I and I missed uh opportunity at a 140 last season. Uh I could have got him within like eight yards uh from the ground. And I just wasn't paying as I was ahead on a swivel, I was hunting the rut, and I, I came in, in the morning, uh, which I don't normally do. I don't normally hunt mornings, but it was a rut, so I'm hunting all day. And so I would like, you know, strategize my entry points. And I thought for the morning, I'm going to make it this far, hunker down somewhere. I have a good idea what that's going to look like based on where this buck's coming out of bedding. And then uh, come afternoon, if I don't see him, I'll, I'll get closer and set up uh, in a tree with my saddle. And so I set up on the ground and hoping he'd come from one side of this ridge based on the, what I've seen him do before. And uh, he came on the other side of the ridge, which effed me because now I wasn't, I was silhouetted and 
uh, my wind wasn't in my favor. So two strikes against me, not to mention I wasn't fully prepared for it because Greg was texting me about some poaching incident that I was reading about on my phone. Like moments beforehand, I happen to look up I'm like, holy shit, there's the, that's the buck. That's the buck. Oh God, that's the one. Like I literally dropped my phone out of my hand instantly. Started to go pick up my bow and like, it just, it, it didn't, it didn't work out. He was, I was right there. There was no way I could like get it done. And by the time I could even begin to draw back, that he was gone. He was gone. And I never saw him again the rest of the season. No trail cam picks, no cell cam picks, nothing, just done. And uh, that about broke my heart. Like I was like, never again am I, my phone goes on, do not disturb from here on out if I'm going to be doing this shit. Cause I, I like the one second I grabbed my phone is the second that should happen. I was off my phone the whole fucking morning and I couldn't believe it. I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Oh man. So no, that was, that would have been, that's what I'm talking about. I got to get, get a killing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you could figure out a way to strategically like trick the deer, cause it is a hundred percent. Every time you just look down to check or you just get kind of lost daydreaming, that's when they show up. So yeah. if you could figure out how to strategically do that, get your phone out, pull up Instagram, but still be at the ready. I think that's a good tactic. It might Where, work. But... They must know. Yeah. It's like when you go to the restaurant and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You come back and your food's there. It's like, well, every right. Time. <laughs> right. Right. So to kind of close it out, talk a little more about like just, um, okay, it's Hunter. I, I went on, I've been on your guys' website a number of times and I mean, you've built that thing and to, it's just awesome. You guys, your merch is like, I don't, I, I've not seen too many places where I'm like, damn, every single thing is awesome. Like, how did you, how has that grown? Like, was it just a, like an organic thing that over the years it's gotten better and better or like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it seems like you've achieved a really high level in what you're doing and for, and it's, it's for anybody too. And it's just, it's got a great message. You've got great branding. You've got, it's just a really cool project that I really enjoy following along with. Like, what is it? How, do, how does that operation go day to day for you these days? Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. You're no, pumping it, out content yeah. like crazy too. Yeah. When and it like, started, um, it was, I had the idea, I bought the domain name. I, I have like, I'm like a domain name hoarder. I've, I've got so many domain names I'm sitting on. It's ridiculous. But I, I'll tell you that uh, <laughs> um, when we launched it, I, I sat down with coffee for coffee with a guy named Tyler, who was a listener of the podcast a number of years ago. And, um, I was like, yeah, let's get some coffee, get to co go get coffee. Like, that's a pretty smart dude. Uh, and he really understood Instagram at a level that I didn't, this is still when Instagram was like a newer ish, not newer -ish thing, but it was like 20, we sat down for coffee in 2019 at some point. Yeah. Like, and then I got coffee with him again and was like, cause we're in the same community. And I was like, you know, I got this idea for this. Okay. It's hundred thing. I pitched it to a couple other guys. They, they're like, meh, nah, nah, we're good on that one. We're doing a different thing. Okay. Sounds fine. Because what I had realized uh, coming out of 2018 is like, I can't do things by myself anymore. Like yeah. that isn't, that isn't doable. I need help. I need, I need someone to run something with me. I, I need to divide and conquer. And previous to that, I would have been like, I'll handle everything. I got it. Oh, I'm, you know, king of the world. And I was like, burnout. I hit burnout yeah. for the first my entire life. And I was like, well, okay, never again. Teamwork makes a dream work quite literally. So I pitched it to Tyler. He's like, yeah, I, I love the, I love the mission. I love what you're talking about. Uh, that's me. I'm, I, I'm that guy too. And, uh, so I spun up below, I'm a graphic designer, uh, kind of, I'm a hack. I, I went to school for graphic design and web media. Mm -hmm. So I know my way around Adobe illustrator and Photoshop and premiere and after effect, the whole suite. Yeah. And audition, all that shit. So I, uh, because I'm more of a generalist, which was the degree. So I spun up this logo that had the okay hand symbol. And so there's, there's, you're not going to find the old relics out there. Uh, yeah. really. And we, <laughs> we did that. And then, and, and I later learned like shortly thereafter, like that was like now the universal symbol of hate. I'm like, what? Right. Fucking out of that. You gotta be kidding me. Like, yeah. Why, why did that happen to us? You know, such uh, a good hand signal too. We yeah, lost, like, we lost that one to the dark side. <laughs> so super strange. And then, uh, I have, uh, antler here. You can see it on the camera. I don't know if you ever... Is that the one? Yeah. So it was, I mean, like ish, you know, it like was sitting there and I was like, eh, I traced it yeah. um, <laughs> with the, you know, I took a picture of a trace in the computer and um, that I spun up the logo instantly. And I was like, this looks good. And I posted it and I was like, this is fucking dope. And then yeah. uh, we launched, 
we didn't even have a website yet. We just had an Instagram. We were just posting memes, like gifts and, and funny stuff like that. Uh, relatability is our through line. Relatability is the is the core foundation. And then we yeah. use sarcasm and, and self-deprecation and uh, humility and uh, humbleness. Like those are some of our core traits. And <laughs> so then I put this thing out on like a, a website called Bonfire, which, you know, if you get this many sales, the order goes live, people get the product. Well, we crushed it. Like we did a bonfire. It it went big and we're like, holy shit. Okay. Um, now let's do a, a real site now that we've validated that this can work and people like it. So we spun up a Shopify site. It was 300 bucks for the year. Um, we each coughed up 150 and then we paid ourselves back uh, when the business generated enough there. So for free, we basically started this thing. Um and it's just grown from there. So I do all of our designs. There's a handful that I don't. I have a designer that I, a couple that I like that I know from being in the that that world in the, the marketing space. That I'll if I if it goes about above and beyond my skill set or they're too expensive, I'll you know I'll use them or I'll do it myself or whatever. Most of it it's myself. And then, um, yeah, it's like you get these ideas and this is my playground. This is my playground. Like yeah, it's a poster behind me. Uh, that was a different designer because I had a vision for it. I was like, I want this to look like a 1970s freaking, uh, you know, hunting magazine. Yeah. And and that's the podcast cover because I'm sick of all of the over-dramatized shit. Right. This is like, it looks old school. It looks like the 70s is an arrow on the ground. Like you missed yeah. the buck. It's not even a big <laughs> buck. And, you know, like that's, you know, we're just always trying to do different, not better. And I think we've kind of been doing that. We've been called the counterculture brand. Yeah. And, and not to go against it, but it's just like if I have to watch another over-dramatized cinematic feature film of like, look, it's it's deer hunting, guys. This shit is fun. Okay. Right. Like it's it it does have that drama to it, but like that's all everyone is doing because that's what the leaders did, because they had the right. money and I'll do it. Like Sitka can put out good films because they're Sitka. Same thing with First Light and Ronella. And I think Ronella's done a great job of navigating it slightly differently. But you know, so then everyone just tries to match what the leader does, and no one stops to think for a second, like. Let's do something different. If I, the number and some people, this is gonna piss some people off, and I don't care. It's fine. Let's do it. The, the number <laughs> of people that like spin up a brand in this category and call it something something outdoors yeah. drives me batty. I'm like, because I do logo design, and some people will come to me and they'll have outdoors name. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing it, dude. I won't do it. You got to change your name. I will help yeah. you change your name, but we're not fucking doing it with the outdoors. Like, you got to stop this shit. It's just everywhere is something something outdoors. Um, like chasing bucks outdoors like whatever it is it's like you're not going to be a, a real real brand if you're if you have outdoors in the name like right cabela's bass pro sitka first light think of these hunting beasts you think of these things and they don't have the word outdoors in it in their brand yeah. their brand. okay as hunter was that too i was like we're not going to fucking put outdoors okay as <laughs> like, hunter outdoor <laughs> you're like what? Let's stop doing that uh right. so, there it is what it is um so yeah, and then the the designs get put out, um, you know, and and we try to try to do different, not better. And we have this. What's funny about our shit is like it's it's actually high quality. Like we don't skimp on our quality of hats, our our quality of shirts, our quality of design, our quality of our podcast output, um, and our audio, and uh, even the pictures we take. I just have like a simple Sony A six thousand DSLR. It's a mirrorless. It's not actually a DSLR. It's a mirrorless. Um, but that that said, I use one camera to take product photos, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, there really isn't much more to it other than like we we listen. We do what's called like social listening, which I got from Gary V. We 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 pay attention to the market. So if something feels like it was wow, this was like for me, <laughs> like it's because we listen closely yeah. a lot. And when we put out content at scale, there's a lot of listening that can happen. And so a lot of these ideas are informed by the market. Yeah. I'm not some genius. I just hear what other people say. I'm like, we can use this. It's not like I'm stealing ideas. It's like a collective thought glob that comes together and we're like oh there's something here we should do this you know it's not um like we're like geniuses so no and then tyler and i pump out content uh you know we do the the gifts or whatever you want to call them movie gifts um we're starting a youtube show we'll see how that goes i you know we're in the midst of it right now so it probably won't air till next year and then that's gonna be like the office of hunting because i refuse to do another over dramatized hunting i don't even know if yeah. i'm gonna whisper damn show like if there's any whispering i might punch myself in the face <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, like, is there really a deer that close that I have to fucking whisper? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Well, I love well, it. Like, I care about so much. That guy kills a deer and he like screams at the top of his lungs. I've never seen someone do that in, in on a TV show before. Like, it's right. awesome. Well, especially it's it's great because they're rifle hunting from 400 yards away. The deer is near you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think 
what you guys are doing, you are absolutely nailing it. It's it's very, very appealing to, I'm sure it's very appealing to everybody. And I'm kind of in that mid range of like, I'm not a brand new hunter anymore, but I'm definitely not experienced. And so I still, I still consider myself a newer hunter and it's just refreshing to see what you guys are doing. Um, it, it makes the idea of hunting fun. Um, it, it takes, like you said, it takes the seriousness out of it and it, it kind of, brings back the idea of like, no, this really is for everybody to do. This is, this is something you can love and enjoy. And you don't have to be in a box blind on a farm that you've been growing deer for years and years and years. Like there's so much more to the game than that. And um, like I said, with what you guys are doing, your merch is fantastic. Your content's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful that you would come on here and spend some time with me. Um, so I'm sure most of my listeners follow you already, but if they don't, where can they find you on social media? What's your website and, and how can they uh, get following along for you? Yeah. Thanks for the plug. If you made it this far, uh, it's just okshunter.com and that's it. Like go there and then you'll get tangled into everything. We got a weekly email blast that goes out, subscribe to that. You'll get content in the email that you're not going to see anywhere else from us. So it's like an exclusive thing. Um, you know, we have a okayest moments or stories that people submit on our website. And that's where those live is in our email blast. So you're not going to hear those or see those anywhere else. And they're like, like spit your coffee out funny. Usually they're pretty good. It's the real stories from other hunters. It's pretty great to have that. You, you, you Wednesday morning, you open up your email and you're like, okay, who goofed something up this week? Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, there's, there's that. And then, you know, TikTok, YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We have a shooter buck club group. Uh, we have our OKS crew. If you wanted to apply to that, you have to apply. You have to tell us why you think that you resonate with us. Um, and you have to follow us. Like you can't just, cause we give away, uh, you know, nice discounts to our brand stuff and also other brands that we are friendly with. So every month we'll run a, a discount code for, you know, either our stuff or someone else's stuff as being a part of that crew membership. And that's, it's pretty great. That's a growing community, but we're slow to respond to that stuff because it's a lot to do. Um, we manage, manage a whole separate email marketing channel for that and, and a, a Facebook group for that. So um, yeah. And, and I'd say what else? Gosh, we're on Giphy. <laughs> like we have a whole library. Of, yeah. So like, <laughs> if you want to text your buddy, some okay, it's hundred moment, you can find us there and just send us a little, a little gif, uh, through text message or Slack or, you know, what teams are we are doing for work. You can find our okay, it's stuff there too. I'm excited to make more of those after this hunting season. And then yeah, podcast too. So check out the podcast. We do a, a weekly podcast every Tuesday night. September is kind of wonky because I have three birthdays for kids, but um, we do a live listener call in. So we have a public phone number, uh, during the, the hour that we're live, you can call into the show and share a story, ask a question, jump in and shoot the shit with us. We're pretty liberal about letting people in. We don't really, you know, I have a call screener, but it's, uh, right. as long as you're not spamming us uh, and you're a legit hunter, we'll talk to you. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's, that's one thing I really liked about your show too, is like, I know all the work that goes into like just doing a normal podcast. I'm like, I don't know how, like a live show like that must come with experience because I don't know that I could handle a full live show with callers and everything. And you, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Cause it's different, you know, it, Except it's, if you listen to it, it's route with issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> every, we have some problem. And, but it's into my, in my experience, it's easier because I don't have to do post-production anymore. Yeah. Like I've built it in a way that I can run it live and then I just hit like download and then yeah. I'm done. it's it. So it's, it's great. Good deal, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to to hang out today and just talk about, you know, one of the one of the eyesores of hunting, but kind of I think we got a good way to combat it. I think people, like I said, awareness of it and just kind of if you got a dude on there that's that's stepping out of line, we all just need to come together, kill him with kindness, um, prop each other up, help each other uh enjoy hunting, help us be proud, you know, be proud of whatever you get to put on the ground because that's it's such a hard thing to do. And uh, just remember, guys, 99.9% of the other hunters out there have your back. There might be that one little guy uh, that, that's got his own issues that, you know, he's, he's kind of projecting onto you. But the rest of us are happy for you. Post what you kill. Be proud of what you kill. Make those memories. Have fun. And, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate your time. And we will catch up with you later. Likewise. Thanks, guys. All right. So thank you so much guys for tuning in this week. Uh, that was a fun show. I had a blast talking to Eric. 
Um, make sure you guys are following us over on Instagram. That's at Antler Feather Co. Also over on YouTube, that's Antler and Feather Co. All one word with the and sign. Don't put any spaces. I don't know what you're going to find at that point. If you enjoyed the show, hey, make sure you're following and you're subscribed to the Antler and Feather Co. podcast wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And if you would, please give a five-star rating and, and leave a review on the show. When you guys do that, it allows me to get the show in front of more people and continue to bring on awesome guests, which then in turn provides you with more good information to make yourself the most stealthy ninja deer killer you can be. So thanks again for listening, guys. I appreciate every single one of you in the Antler and Feather Co. family, and we will catch up with you next week. This is the Antler and Feather Co. podcast. You are listening to the Antler and Feather Co. Podcast.